You were right. Time's arrow is a tenacious hunter. He never misses its mark. We are worried like dogs. It is our duty. Yes, as good citizens of these United States. We must pay our taxes. Yes. Yes, it is our duty. We must pay our taxes. It is our duty as good citizens of these United States. We are not rich. We are not a corporation. But we are people. And as good citizens of these United States, we must pay our taxes. We are not rich. We cannot hide our money behind more money. And as good citizens of these United States, we must pay our taxes. Iran will not bomb itself. Iran will not bomb itself. So it is our duty, as good citizens of these United States, we really must pay our taxes. Someone has to pay for the Trump Presidential Library. Yes, someone must pay for the Trump Presidential Library. And I'm damn sure he won't do it. Yes, I'm damn sure he won't do it. And as good citizens of these United States... We really must pay our taxes. Someone has to bankroll Elon Musk so he can continue his Tony Stark cosplay thing. And the rich won't do it. How can they when they won't pay their taxes? Yes, and there are small police forces in little towns all across America who are in need of more tanks and tear gas. Yes, we really must pay our taxes. How else will the Pentagon be able to waste trillions on things like the useless F-35 stealth fighter? How else can we pay for the forever war? We must pay our taxes. We really must pay our taxes. The kids at the border won't build their own cages. Yes, the kids will not build their own cages. And as good citizens of these United States... Well, the rich won't dirty their offshore accountants with such things. We we really really must must pay pay our our taxes. taxes. We must help Walmart and Amazon boost their profits by subsidizing ridiculously low wages. It is our duty as good citizens of these United States. And the farmers must be subsidized. How else can they vote Republican with clear consciences that they're not taking socialist bribes? We are not rich. The IRS targets the poor. We must pay our taxes. We must pay our taxes. Iran will not bomb itself. Okay, so what's the deal with Iran again? Oh, what was it? CIA overthrew their democratically elected government in the 1950s and installed an American puppet, the Shah, who uh, signed over half of the Iranian oil fields to US companies. Then in 1979, the Iranian people had the absolute audacity to overthrow the Shah 
this US puppet dictator and reclaim the resources of the country for themselves, as opposed to, you know, like, enriching us, Yale graduate crime syndicates like the Bush family and associates. But what have they done to us? Iran? Mm-hmm. Us? Uh, good question. Us? What have they done to us, the good citizens of these United States? Well, you know, actually nothing. It's kind of scandalous. Our military keeps attacking them over and over and over in a hideous bullying forever war. Sometimes using proxies like Saddam Hussein in the 80s or Israel. And we keep bombing and killing their people with sanctions until they lash out. And then we say, see, see, they are dangerous. They're the violent ones. But you know what? We just really must pay our taxes. But we do have good schools and roads and libraries around here. Yeah, yeah, we do well around here. That's that's just Maryland State, Texas, though. We are kind of in a lucky little bubble in that respect. Today I'm reviewing two podcasts that give us the scoop on money and the tax situation in America. First up is Planet Money. You've probably heard of this show. It's from a group of economic journalists operating under the NPR umbrella. And they produce semi-deep-dive financial news in digestible bite-sized chunks that get run as part of regular national public radio programming across the country in uh, all its funky patchwork of combinations. And unsurprisingly, all of their output, going on well over 1,000 episodes now, are available to download as podcasts. And what a great resource this archive is. All hail Planet Money. It comes out twice a week. And if you don't know the show at all, it's basically sweet little 20-ish minute episodes covering everything in current affairs, bringing in the right guests blending economic specialists with personal testimonies to explain and understand any issue from uh, the speculative bubbles based on Magic the Gathering cards to how Ronald Reagan broke the unions to large sociological breakdowns of the big economic theories as they relate to every aspect of modern life and I mean every aspect of modern life and of course they have a bunch of episodes about taxation. Um, like the episode called Trump's Tiny Taxes that details in a calm and detached way that makes your blood boil how he and the super rich use criminally evil loopholes that they've bribed congressmen and senators to insert in the tax laws of our nation to bend the monetary system to their evil wills. But the one tax episode I'm particularly excited about and I want to to bring to your attention uh, today 
is called Tax Hero from 2017. Now, this is the story of a man called Joseph Bankman, a Stanford law professor who has been trying since 2005 to make our personal tax payments uh, to the IRS as simple, as easy as possible, which it could really be. Because when you think about it, the government already knows exactly how much money about 99% of us actually earn and could, if they wanted, just send us the information that they already have to have us check that it's correct and then we could just tick a box and have done with it. This is not actually a radical idea. It's not an unusual way of doing things. Um, most countries in the world actually do it this way. And before I became an American citizen, I didn't understand the truly bizarre charade of April the 15th, tax day in America. I was living in California uh, when Joseph Bankman was trying to pass his uh, first attempt at uh, getting the tax code simplified uh, with his ready return plan in Sacramento. I remember reading about it in the LA Times, I think, and, and thinking that it was an obvious uh, common sense move that would make life really easy for everyone. Um, but I didn't reckon on the uh, this relatively new company called TurboTax uh, having the power uh, to bribe California House representatives to vote the measure down and insert themselves effectively as a gatekeeper between Americans and their government for billions of dollars uh, in fees and subscriptions. Because, you know, like much of life, the devil hides away in the details, like it does with our health insurance industry. It's exactly the same thing. There is an entire and unnecessary tax preparation industry that has bought senators and congressmen to allow them to sit between us and our government and act as an unnecessary toll like a bunch of fucking bandits lying in wait for us on the road between the IRS and our employers. It's exactly the same as the health system. Blood money from the insurance and pharmaceutical lobbies mean we have to pay the bandits on the road before we can see doctors or get health care. It's just nuts. We shouldn't put up with it. And if you listen to Planet Money from NPR, you're going to get the Economic Educational Foundation to see all these nasty little gremlins behind the curtain of our financial system and be able to understand that many of the ideas that we're impregnated with as Americans are self-destructive bullshit and corporate propaganda. You know, ideas like free trade, when there is actually no such thing as free trade. Um, or that uh, America is not a socialist country, when many socialist ideas underpinning all the things we hold dear and take for granted. I do love this show. It's always interesting and it always spins me off into other research. I'm sometimes a regular listener, but then sometimes I, I kind of drop out and I'm listening to other things. But the great thing about it is it's always there waiting for me. Like um, recently, I wanted to know what was going on with the whole GameStop Robin Hood uh, situation where the amateur traders brought down the Wall Street hedge fund. And I knew there would be a couple of great episodes on Planet Money about it. And sure enough, with a few finger clicks, um, they were there filling up my brain, bringing me up to date in the time that it took me to fold the laundry and prep dinner. 
The show is solid, old school, respectable, well-researched and sourced journalism. Basically everything good about NPR and what NPR should be. Um, I do have issues with a lot of NPR product, actually, because it is in many ways uh, one of the most insidious babbling mouthpieces of neoliberal corporate propaganda. The show has many hosts who come and go. It's really a team effort uh, with a lot of really good top draw journalists uh, involved. Uh, Mary Childs, Stacey Vanek-Smith, Sarah Gonzalez and Jacob Goldstein, to name but a few of the accomplished minds and voices uh, behind this team effort. Jacob Goldstein is a particular favourite of mine at the moment, since I've just finished reading his book, Money, The True Story of a Made-Up Thing, which is a great entertaining read. So there are links to five of my favourite episodes in the transcript, including Tax Hero, and also a great intro to Modern Monetary Theory, that attempts to show how we think about our taxes and the deficit and inflation and how they are really just illusions cast at us in the class war that we're all fighting, even though they may have convinced you that you are not. Planet Money gets five stars, two thumbs up, a welfare Cadillac. Now, why did I say it to these other folks are fools? They're working and paying taxes just to send my young ones through school. Salvation Army cuts her hair and gives the clothes we wear on her back. So we can dress up and ride around show off this new Cadillac. And all the marbles. Next up is Reply All. Now, this show is basically what would happen if This American Life and Wired Magazine had a baby. Think classic episodes of This American Life, and you know what they do. Superb story mining. You know, they're basically amalgamating and cherry-picking great stories from various talents in different story media fields and repackaging them into sweet little audio baguettes. Nom, nom, nom. So I guess to uh, stretch this silly metaphor further, cereal would be the long-form version, not so much baguette sandwich making, but them taking the time and effort to um, bake its own goddamn baguettes from flour that it's grown, gathered and ground itself. Well, to stretch this idiotic metaphor uh even further to breaking, then Reply All is not so much an audio baguette, but a gourmet brioche bun uh, handed to you by a robot. <laughs> okay, not sure the uh, sandwich metaphor is exactly helpful, but it's the best I can do at the moment. So with Reply All, you get uh, stories about 40-year-old Guatemalan women bringing down corrupt government officials with unexpectedly successful Facebook meet-up events that snowball out of control. Um, you get episodes on Jack Maple, the mythic uh, NYPD detective who created Comstat with the best of intentions and great initial success 
until the city gets taken over by Rudy Giuliani, who then uses it in completely the wrong way to justify uh, bad racist police practices uh, to target poor minority communities. If you think this life is great and want more of the same, then you should probably hit this show's archives. So it's a Gimlet Media product for Spotify. So the production values are top quality across the board. And there's actually a link between this show and Planet Money, since one of the original producers of Planet Money, Alex Goldberg, is the guy who created Gimlet Media, jumping from NPR with perfect timing to Strike It Rich. I'm sure he sends Ira Glass, Sarah Corning, and all those NPR radio podcast pioneers really expensive birthday gifts. So Reply All is currently presented by Alex Goldman and has actually just taken itself off the air in a uh, temporary naughty room timeout following the recent departure of longtime host P.G. Vogt and uh, a senior editor. So these two um, left the company. Uh, it's kind of funny, actually, because they were in the midst of putting out this damning expose of Condé Nast uh, Bon Appetit magazine in a gripping uh, four-part takedown of the racist and exploitative culture at the publication. But uh, mid-release of the episodes, after two of the shows in a four-part series, former Gimlet employees took to Twitter to point out that every point of criticism levelled at Bon Appetit magazine by Reply All, essentially unmasking it as an example of a cornerstone of all the systematic race and wealth inequality in society, is pretty much exactly what many former employees have experienced and complained about at Gimlet Media. This company that leveraged the podcast boom and NPR talent to be purchased by Spotify for over $200 million. So I hadn't planned on talking about that, but I clearly have to mention it. Um, but there's some great articles uh, on what has happened uh, with the show and uh, the trouble at Gimlet Media, and I'll link to them in the transcript, which you can find on my website. But basically the major fault line is that there was a unionization effort and the senior management went into uh, all the typical anti-union maneuvers that you see in America uh, to quash the union while also uh, producing product after product that pretends to be the good guys, like, you know, shitting over Bon Appetit magazine while doing exactly the same stuff themselves with an in-house culture that protects the status quo, which kind of echoes what I've been trying to say is my problem with most NPR shows. They are part of a neoliberal system that purports to be anti-racist and anti-classist, looking down at extreme right-wing media like Fox News, Rush Limbaugh, etc., while being a key product managing and maintaining the narratives that maintain the corrupt status quo rather than bringing it down and changing it for the better. But that all being said, like Planet Money, the informational content and entertainment value of this show are absolutely top-notch, and it's well worth your time. 
So I chose to talk about the show in this episode on Tax Day to highlight one particularly good episode from their archive called Dark Pattern. Link in the show notes and on the transcript. Um, the, The episode has a very timely explanation of what a dark pattern is. Basically a way that websites are designed to trick and manipulate you into paying more money and giving away as much profitable information as possible than you would otherwise want to, or as with TurboTax, be legally required to do so. And the episode is also extra timely because the Trump Foundation has just been caught running a dark pattern attack against its own idiotic supporters, tricking them into making millions and millions of dollars of extra payments in a scam that should if we lived in a society that prosecuted rich and poor people equally, land a lot more Trump people in jail. You know, at this point, it feels like they could just build a prison for everyone involved in Trump world and have done with it. Or or maybe they should just convert Mar-a-Lago into a prison, which is, you know, actually pretty much what they do for white-collar criminals anyway, even when they do serve time, in inverted commas, at prison campuses like Fort Dix in New Jersey, which is more like a health spa with uh, optional ankle bracelets and bocce courts. So since Reply All is a This American Life story amalgamator show, this great episode, Dark Pattern, is based on the great work of the journalists of ProPublica, the uh, wonderful independent non-profit newsroom who did a huge expose on TurboTax and how they've managed to become this big gatekeeper company between the American people and the American government, tricking us to pay more than we should for the supposed convenience of submitting our taxes through them. Great work by ProPublica, great episode. Um, So reply all from Gimlet Media. They clearly have some issues that they're going through, um, but there's good work in the can that you shouldn't overlook. And it sounds like they're really trying to work out their anti-union tendencies. So maybe they'll be back with a clean conscience. Uh, Maybe they'll be back as an actual ally to the justice movement, rather than a two-faced agent of the status quo. But on the archive published work that they've got, in and of itself, I feel like I've got to give it four stars, two thumbs up, and a delicious dish. Bon appétit! Bon appétit. My name is Gérard Depardieu. I'm a citizen of the world, and I'm alive. I enjoy eating, laughing, and being bon appétit. And let's see. And some advice from Sam Jackson for the uh, Gimlet employee union negotiators who are entering, uh, what is it now, uh, the second or third year of talks with the man. Them motherfuckers ain't here to buy no mandingos.
6pm. Calling my buddy Hedge now. Um, he really got me last week. It turns out the whole flannery thing was a total fabrication. Yeah, massive prank. He works for the Shoe Council, uh, the uh, footwear-based think tank down in DC. He's a bit of lobbying. It's a bit nebulous, to be honest, uh, like a lot of stuff in the city. Anyway, if you remember, he got really annoyed with me last year when we discovered his super fancy tattoo of the Death Star was actually made up out of lots of little black penises. Fucking funny. Anyway, I thought we were over it, but it turns out he's been harbouring this like resentment that's resulted in him convincing me that a lot of the show's new listeners were taking part in flannery. Fucker. Baking flans. Posting pictures of them. Donating to this animal charity. I know it sounds weird, but last week it seemed... You know, like, no different from all the bread-baking people have been doing during COVID. Andy! Hey, man, how's it going? Good. I'm still waiting for it, though. For what? Your donation to Swid. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Good one, that. <laughs> you, you you, really, you gotta give it to you, you really got me. <laughs> Skinless weasels. What a total Swid you are. What? What's Swid again? You are. You are a Swid. What's it stand for, man? A skinless weasels in tournament defense. Seriously. I was sure that would be the thing that gave it away. Skinless weasels. I mean, yeah, come on. Oh. A kind of cat that they <laughs> they milk. Fucking brilliant. Oh, you, yeah, you got me. The, your websites look really legit on my phone as I was scrolling past them for a couple of seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got done. Big time. What were you thinking? It was just very convincing. Flannuary! <laughs> Come on. In my, <laughs> in my defence, people have been baking a lot during COVID. There was actually a shortage on baking flour at one point, after the toilet rolls ran out, and <laughs> people are always doing horrible things to animals. Like uh, milking skinless weasels for their cream? <laughs> you drink, you've got no room to talk, man. You drink that cat shit coffee. Uh, hey, it's not cat shit coffee. It's Kopi Luwak. Powerful coffee beans that the civet stomach acids magically take the edge off. Anyway, what do you know, you British tea-drinking wanker? You haven't even tried it. No, I haven't tried it. I don't want to try it. If I want to drink coffee that tastes like cat shit, I'll go to Starbucks like everybody else. <laughs> and you know what? Thanks to hipster gormans like you, the stuff is so prized now that they are actually locking up civets in cages and force-feeding them coffee beans to cater to your evil increased demand. Oh, you are such a fucking downer, you know that? Every little enjoyment in life you feel like you have to crush, like some twisted little black hole of self-righteous spite. Well, I'm not going to let you. Not today. Not this time, fucking swid. I just got to say, I am seriously in awe of your prank. It was brilliant. You got me. It was totally next level. I don't know how you did it, but I was really convinced everyone was doing flannery. I even tried to make a flan, and you know I hate baking. And I hate bandwagons. But I tried to climb on this bandwagon that wasn't even there. Wasn't even a wagon. So well done. And not only that, but it, it stung me to discover that all the new people liking and following the podcast in the last few months... We're just fucking ghosts conjured by you to make me look like an idiot. So, bravo. You have won for all time. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was epic. Must have been a lot of work, though, right? 
Uh, not really. Come on. It was pretty easy, actually. I went to a scrum session out in Crystal City with the Facebook government guys, and they led a bunch of us through some of their newest marketing tools. Citizen programming, flash mob opinion generation. Shit. Yeah, your head would have fucking exploded. And rightly, too, because I'm sitting there and it just hits me that, yes, in one sense, it was a fully revealed 1984-type dystopian nightmare. But then, in another way, it was also pretty mundane, like any type of ad campaign from the last 60 years. Because for all the slippery emotional manipulation, they are not actually installing the screens in our retinas. Big Brother is actually still an opt-in system. No one is actually making you stare at your fucking phone for five hours a day. You can turn off, tune in, and drop out at any time. Yeah, yeah. Although they are getting really good at installing FOMO in the organic brainwave. FOMO? Fear of missing out. Oh. You know, like how you felt when you were missing out on Flanuary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it still seems like it must have been really time-consuming. Ah, somewhat. The spoof accounts themselves were easy. Used a troll farm in Macedonia. Very cheap. Surprisingly good service interface. But what took the most time was the flans. They were the real deal. No way. All of them? Yeah, yeah, I really got into it. I mean, I really got into it. With all the staging, with the photography and presentation. They made you hungry, right? Yeah, I wanted a flan so bad. Great yeah. photos, too. You could be you could be professional. You should send them into some uh, I don't know food magazines or something. I might just do that. The only downside to it all is that I think I've put on about forty pounds. You sacrifice your body for your art. Yeah, and making you look stupid was just the cherry on top. I aim to please. I had to get back at you for all the tattoo shit. How is that in any way comparable? You did that to yourself, whereas. I actually told people there was a cat called the Skinless Weasel. <laughs> and and you almost burn your house down. It's an exaggeration. There was a bit of smoke. I, like, basically just ruined a pan. Oh, taste the karma. Wait, how how is you tricking me into thinking there was flannery, karmic retribution <laughs> for you getting yourself a Death Star tattoo made of cocks? You're not serious. Come on, dude. You even had the tattoo guy on your show. And I know it's only a matter of time before you send him to my house. Honestly, that's never crossed my mind. Sure it didn't. Anyway, it's not going to happen. Didn't you see what happened to him? No. Well, I'm sorry. I thought I texted you about it about a month ago. Didn't we? No. I've just been making flans. Then making hundreds of bots and surrounding you with the flans and setting up Swid. <laughs> well, anyway, um, he got another big boost in popularity on the back of that second season of Mandalorian. Oh, great show. Meh. What do you mean, meh? Meh. Fuck you. Fuck you. I honestly don't know why I talk to you. You contrarian fuck. How is it meh? It's just, it's, come on, it's just okay. Oh, let me guess. You're too old and cool now for Star Wars. What? Me? Too cool for a kid's film and toy franchise from the 80s? No. Oh, what a fucking misery. Let me guess. You're using your fucking half a college credit in Marxism to deconstruct Skywalker as a fucking a priori example of white savior colonialism that upholds the racist corporate hegemony. No. No, I really, I, I really hadn't thought about it like that, actually. But now you mention it, you probably... Oh, fuck off. What is it then? Please, please do tell. 
you poisonous font of fucking wisdom. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say now since you're all worked up about it. Ah, oh, tell me, you fuck. Well, okay. The Beskar Steel plotline in the Mandalorian reveals uh-huh. the very fundamental flaw in the Star Wars universe, chiefly that you have to suspend disbelief that the Empire is so technologically superior that they can build a Death Star that literally zaps whole planets out of existence. But, as the Holy Armour of the Mandalore reveals, it's then just utterly weird and unbelievable that the same almighty galactic empire would have billion-strong armies of stormtroopers running around in body armour that is the strength and quality of takeaway food containers. You absolute fucker. Wrestling is fixed. They wouldn't need a Death Star in the first place if they gave the troops a little better blaster protection. Is nothing sacred to you? So let me get this straight. Not only do I have a tattoo composed entirely of cocks, but the actual coolness of it, the Death Star, is actually the nonsense fucking thread that unravels the whole Star Wars universe? Yeah, yeah. God damn, you absolute asshole. Sorry, but anyway, what I was saying is your tattoo guy, David Tatooine, is in prison. (laughs) Good. Well, that's something, I guess. That was hurtful, man. What was that shit he said? That he thought I was a rat-faced Eminem? And you laughed about it. And fucking broadcast it on your show. Sorry, man. I, you know, yeah, thinking about it now, it sounds bad. It, it wasn't my intent. And I, I didn't think you'd hear it. I sponsor your fucking show. How could I not hear it? <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't think it through. No shit. So what happened? Why is he in jail? He tattooed a kid. Ugh, let me guess. Lightsaber cocks? Worse. Worse how? 16-year-old Dutch kid, tattooed, full back, the sarlacc pit, the mouth hole of the sarlacc pit, is the kid's anus, with penis tentacles sprawling up out of his ass, full back, full back, dragging down famous women from history with like, well, let's see, like, you know that Japanese tentacle erotica fetish? Yeah. Well, let's say with more than a nod towards the Japanese tentacle erotica fetish. God damn. Man, you got off really lucky. And he's in jail? He was, for a time. I think he's posted bail now. There was this whole free tattooing movement with a a GoFundMe for a defense fund. Uh, He was doing really well. Gina Carano uh, even tweeted in support of him before she got uh, fired from Disney. (laughs) You know, I I don't think it's going to go anywhere. The kid's parents say it wasn't consensual tattooing, but it seems like a hard sell when the kid himself was uh, going on his own to get it done in five-hour sessions for months. That's fucking mad. Yeah, man, strange. Hey, look, it's been great catching up, but I've got to go make dinner for the kids. Um, But what's that thing? You said you you got plans for the Trump presidential library? Oh, dude, you will not believe this shit. It's amazing. How'd you get them? They're doing the rounds. Please, please send them. Done. Thanks, man. Okay, swid man. Stay greasy. Seriously, this fucking swid? This shit is not going to stick. 3 a.m.
I will build a great, great wall. And I will have Mexico pay for that wall. This is a man's word. This is a man's word. And I will have Mexico pay for that wall. On day one, we will begin working on an impenetrable, physical, tall, powerful, beautiful southern border wall. You know the man makes money. And Mexico is paying for the wall, by the way, just in case you had any question. Mexico is paying for the wall. It's not Mexico. It's the U.S. government. President Donald Trump's former chief strategist Steve Bannon has been arrested and charged with fraud and money laundering. Mr. Bannon and three other men are accused of diverting hundreds of thousands of dollars from an online fundraising campaign to build a wall on the U.S. border with Mexico. You know the man makes money. That wall, build that wall, build that wall, build that wall, build that wall. Build that wall! Build that wall! Tremendous! Tremendous! King of Graft. According to CBP figures, about 370 miles of border wall have gone up so far. And according to some more data obtained by NBC News from CBP, only about nine miles of that wall are new in places where there weren't barriers before, meaning most of the wall has just been a replacement for barriers that already existed. He's loud! And the will of that! Now to the New York Times investigation that shows scores of former President Trump supporters unknowingly donated a lot more money to his campaign than they wanted to. The Times spoke with several Trump supporters who thought they'd signed up to send a single small dollar donation. Instead, they saw thousands and thousands of dollars siphoned from their accounts. I met an ICE agent from a borderland who said two pointless disconnected miles of wall stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half-sunk a shattered visage lies, whose jowls and wrinkled lip and tantrum sneer of cold demand, of seedy passions and callous disdain of honest toil, tell that its sculptor well those passions read which yet survive stamped on these lifeless things the smallest hands mocked and a heart of pitiless void and on the pedestal these words appear my name is trumpmandius king of graft look upon my works ye taxpayer and despair Nothing beside remains round the decay of that colossal error, boundless and bare. The lone and level sands stretch far away.
That's a wrap. If you like listening, please spread the word. Come and join the group on Facebook or sign up for the transcript and newsletter on the website. And if you really want to help, click the link and buy me a coffee. It's a small amount of money, but a huge thing for me. Andy's Podcast, a podcasting podcast, is sponsored by the American Shoe Council. Over 30,000 years of bipedal history. Shoes. How else are you going to protect your feet? Spring is well and truly here. I hope you're getting vaccinated. I hope you're feeling frisky. Get outside. Smell the flowers. Take a long walk with a podcast. And if you find something you think I might like, please drop me a line. Bye 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 bye.